Well, we're going to go ahead and open the Word of God this morning, and we're going to spend some time just hearing from God and preparing our hearts as we get get ready to celebrate Baptism Sunday. Um, We're going to talk about that in just a few minutes. But I wanted to share the Word of God on baptism, but also how many of you have been with us over the last few weeks, and we've been talking about vision? Have you heard that? Have you enjoyed the series on vision? I love it. I love talking about vision. Vision is powerful. When you have vision, you can see. (laughs) It sounds simple, right? But when you have vision, you can see, right? You can see clearly. So many times we walk through life, and I don't know about you, um, I don't know where you're at right now, in your journey, there's certainly a lot of things that have been going on, heavy things in this earth. But when we have vision, it gives us a why behind what we're doing. Amen? And sometimes the enemy likes to try to get us so caught up in the whirlwind and just only focused on the very real things that are going on around us that he tries to cut off our vision. But when he tries to cut off our vision and we succumb to that, then most of the time we're living in a very reactive state just trying to respond to just all these things and we lose sight of vision so we lose sight of where we're going. And I tell you what, you're a part of the kingdom of God. You're a part of the body of Christ. You are the anointed ones. You have been born for such a time as this. The anointing of God is on your life to effect change, to set captives free, amen. when we lose sight of the vision and we get we shrink it's one way that the enemy just keeps us in this little box and keeps us from going out and doing everything that we were created and destined to do vision is not a little deal vision is important and i don't know where you've been in this in this series we talked so much about that i don't know if you've had mind games that have made you say well goodness pastor maria it's just really hard for me to receive vision right now or that's for somebody else or you know what i just can't see myself you know we talked about god dropping vision into people's lives and and, and, and being, you know, whatever it is that God's called you to do, whether it's create business or he's called you to go be a missionary or whatever it is, and you think, gosh, God hasn't called me to do some of those great, big, huge things. I'm here to tell you, vision is all over your life. You, you ha- the thing is, is that we have to open our eyes to see it. And you may not be called to go start a huge business, but you are called to create massive impact in your life where you are. But if you can't see that, then you'll miss that. Vision doesn't just happen. You know, it's a muscle. Did you know that your eye is made up of muscles? Vision is a muscle that we have to choose to work. How many of you have ever gone to the gym for like the first time? Do you remember the first time or in a long time you walked into a gym and you try to work out? Is it a fun experience? I mean, let's be honest, it's pretty miserable, right? You sit down, like your muscles are hurting, it's hard, it's painful, it's, it's not fun usually that first time, but if you keep at it, then you build strength, your muscles get used to it, you grow, they, they have to, you have to train your muscles to be able to do certain things. You know, having vision is something that we have to train ourselves to do. 
train ourselves to do. It's not something that's natural in our world. Our flesh wants to see all of the lack of vision. Our flesh wants to see everything that's wrong. Our flesh wants to come into agreement with why we can't be all that God says that we are. Our flesh wants to say, you know what, they said that I wasn't good enough, or it's even too prideful or arrogant for me to think about myself in a manner that would be somebody that would go do great exploits, exploits for the king. Our flesh wants to come into agreement with things that are the opposite, but our spirit. But it takes intentionality to pull ourselves out of agreement with that and to come into agreement with, no, God has called me. I am anointed. I am a carrier of the Holy Spirit. I am called to create massive impact for the kingdom of God. But then when you feel yourself only being able to see this and exercising that muscle, to pull yourself out of agreement and to come back into, no, I know I'm called to be a world changer. I know I'm called to be anointed. I am anointed. I know that I'm called to love people and to, get, and to share the gospel of Christ. And it has nothing to do with my qualifications or my perfection or lack thereof. <laughs> Nobody's perfect, so none of you have perfection. But you know what I'm saying? It's not based on any of that. But it's a muscle we have to exercise. Amen? Vision is important, and I just want to ask you this question. Can you see? Can you see God using you? Can you see God awakening you to why you were created and placed here? Can you see it? Not for somebody else, not for the person that you think, you know, is better than you, not for the person down the road, but can you see it for you? Can you see it? It's going to look different than every other person, but you're called to own your journey and not theirs. So you don't measure the effectiveness of your call based on what they're doing because it's not going to measure up. You have to own your lane and say, God, this is who God's called me to be. But have you closed your eyes? And yes, it may be big things. It may be a career, but it just may even be who you're called to be. That you, that I'm a person that walks in love, that I'm a giver, I'm generous, I'm faith-filled, when I, that I'm true to my word. When I say that I'm going to pray for somebody, I stop and pray. What kind of a person do I want to be? That's vision as well. Sometimes we think that vision is only great exploits, but do you realize who you're called to be? It, that doesn't just accidentally happen. You have to close your eyes. Well, I mean, you don't have to close your eyes, but I like to close my eyes. So you can close your eyes if you want to close your eyes. I close my eyes and I listen to the word of God. This is who I'm called to be. I want to be a woman of love, of character, of integrity, that walks in the fruit of the spirit, that when she leaves people, that they leave, when they, people leave from being around me, that they say, man, there was something there, that I feel encouraged, I feel uplifted, that I can go on and they, I speak truth to people and I believe in people. That's vision. That's who I want to be. That's vision. But that doesn't just happen, does it? I, I, I know who I want to be because I, I've, I've, I can see the woman of God that I'm called to be. So I have vision. I can see it. And you know what happens when I focus on when I, can, when I see where I'm going? You know, in sports, they tell you to keep your eye on the ball. Why? So you'll catch it. Right? But if you take your eye off the ball, 
and you typically run the wrong direction if you're trying to catch it or you swing and you miss, but if you keep your eye, then that's the direction that you're going to head. But it takes, it's a muscle, it takes discipline to keep pulling your eye back to it because, you know, on my journey, I have that vision, but then I get attacked with thoughts like, gosh, you're not good enough, or I'm insecure, or look at this failure, or I'm not like this other person. So it's like my eye gets taken off that, and I start to pull, and then I have to pull myself back and say, it doesn't matter. This is who I'm called to be. I'm walking in this direction. Amen. And if I fail, oh, I don't throw the whole thing out. I pick myself right back up and pull myself right here. You know why? Because I know that greater is he that's on the inside of me than he that's in the world. But also, there's so many lives connected. There's so many people that I'm supposed to reach. There's people that I love and care about that need me to be everything that God's called me to be. Amen? And the same is true for you. So I just ask you this morning, can you see it? Can you see God awakening you to why you were created and placed here? Vision opens our eyes to see beyond the daily whirlwind and just merely existing and surviving. I don't want to just merely exist. And I know you don't either. It gives you purpose. Part of that is just renewing our mind. The Bible talks a lot about renewing our mind. Amen? There's three scripture references, and for sake of time, you can write them down, you can look them up. But Colossians 3.2, Ephesians 4.23, and Romans 12.2 all talk about renewing our mind, setting our mind on things above. I'll tell you those scriptures one more time. Colossians 3.2, Ephesians 4.23, and Romans 12.2. Three powerful scripture references that talk about renewing your mind, setting your mind on things above, fixing your thoughts on the truth of God's word. Amen. It's a process. I love that we get to finish our vision series on a day where we're talking about baptisms. Because when baptism is really all about vision. It's about God's vision for you, but it's about you coming into line with God's vision for you as well. Amen. You know, the Bible's very clear, and I'm going to take you kind of on a journey. So I'm going to ask you, how many of you in this room have already been baptized? You just say, you know what, God, I've given my life to Jesus. Amen. All these hands around. And those of you that are getting ready to get baptized, this is for you. So it's for you. It's for all of us. I just challenge you in the room to open your heart and to remember what all of this is about. Amen. You know, the Bible's very clear that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, right? And the wages of sin is death. And there was a separation that happened when man sinned that caused us to be out of relationship with God. And there and there was a problem. And I love God. I love the Father heart of God so much because he went right into sending his son Jesus to die on a cross so that he could have relationship with us again. Amen? He didn't leave us separated from him. He could have, he could have done that, but he didn't. He didn't like the fact that he was out of relationship with us. He wanted us back. Amen? He didn't want us to live in darkness and death and hell and all this stuff. He sent his son Jesus to pay the price for the sin that we committed, a perfect his son, his one and only son, who was blameless, the spotless lamb, he sent him to pay for our sin. Amen? I'm so grateful to Jesus for that. Praise God. But then, so we give our lives to Jesus, and then the scripture says this. 
I love, I love this. I get so excited. Romans 6, 1 through 4 says this, Well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Amen? That's so powerful. I love that baptism is an opportunity for us. It is a picture of when Jesus died on the cross and he didn't stay dead. So if you don't know the story, Jesus didn't stay dead. He died on the cross and then three days later, he defeated death, hell, and the grave and he rose from the dead. Amen. He had the keys to all three of those things. And because of Jesus being able to, you know what else? Okay, this wasn't in my notes, but this gets me really excited. When as soon as Jesus died on the cross, the way that the Israelites would worship the Lord is they would come to the tabernacle to worship, but there was a great separation between where the presence of God was and where they could go. Because if they came into the presence of God, they would die. Not because God killed them, but the sin on their life couldn't stand in the presence of God. It was just too overwhelming. So God created well, way he had to create an, a way for them to come and worship, but his presence has to had to be separate from him from them. Can you imagine that? I just remember when our twins were born, and they were born premature. They were born at 33 and a half weeks. And when we went to visit them in the NICU, they were completely, I don't know if it's called an isolate. It was about 16 years ago now, so forgive me for not remembering all of it. But we couldn't touch them, and we stuck our hands in little holes even to change their little preemie diapers, which was a bit of a joke trying to do it like this. But we couldn't touch them. And then the doctors were explaining to us it was over a week or so before we even got to hold them for the first time. And it wasn't because they were trying to keep us away from them, but it was because when we, if we would hold them, their skin was so thin and so sensitive that as we held them, we actually caused their stats to drop because they couldn't handle the stimulation. So us, a mom and dad, our love, as much as we loved them, by us holding them and coming into contact with them would actually hurt them. So we had to stay separate. And I know what that did to my heart as a brand new mom. Can you imagine the father heart of God knowing that he had to stay away from his kids to protect them? But do you know what happened when Jesus was on that cross? When he died and he gave up his last breath, do you know what the Bible says happened? says that that curtain that separated the presence of God from his people, that veil, says at that very second, that veil was ripped from top to bottom in two, praise God. And that, that was the indication that, the, that there was now no more separation. We don't have to be separate from our Father anymore. Amen. We can have communion with him. He can be a part of our life because Jesus paid the price for our sin. Isn't that awesome? Jesus paid the price for our sin. So in, in this scripture it says, for we died and were buried with Christ in baptism. So the symbol of baptism, of coming into the water, when you go under the water, you're dying. What do you, physically, we're, <laughs> you're coming back up, so physically you're not dying, right? 
but it means that the old life, that sin, that fallen nature goes under the water and it stays there, amen? And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. So you come up out of the water to live a new life with him. Amen? Amen. I love that. Then in Galatians 3, 26 through 29, it says this. For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ, like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs, and God's promised Abraham belongs to you. There's a part I want you to see. For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who've been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ, like putting on new clothes. Taking off the old, putting on the new. Sorry, my hair and a microphone cord. That's kind of funny. But taking off the old, putting on the new, putting on Christ, like putting on new clothes. There's no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female. Do you know why they put that in there? For status, but that's also how they were viewed, yes, in society, but even in their ways that they could worship God. There's no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female, for you're all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you're the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs and God's promises to Abraham belong to me. So this is what I get to put on now is not my perfection. It's not my good deeds. It's not what I or my lack thereof. I get to put on Christ. Amen. I, he, God sees me through him. It's his robes of righteousness. Amen. It's his provision. It's his uh, redemption. Amen. That I'm not, I'm not saved because I'm that amazing, but I take off all that other stuff that I had on and I put on God. I put on Christ. I get to be in him. Amen. It's in him I live and move and breathe. Amen. I'm a child of God. And then all the promises that he gave are mine. They're not for other people. It's Jesus. I've accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Amen. Then I, and it's just like a symbol of that coming in baptism. You go under that water. You get surrounded by that water. You get surrounded. It's like symbolic. You come up out of that water surrounded by Christ. Amen. And it's in him I live and move and breathe and have my being. Amen. I get to take off that stuff and put on Jesus. This is how God sees me in Jesus. Amen. That's how I get to walk around in Jesus, not in my own strength, not in my own ability, but in Christ, like putting on new clothes. Romans 7, 4 says this, so my dear brothers and sisters, this is the point. You died to the power of the law when you died with Christ, and now you are united with the one who was raised from the dead. As a result, we can produce a harvest of good deeds for God. But now we've been released from the law, for we died to it and are no longer captive to its power. Now we can serve God, not in the old way of obeying the letter of the law, but in the new way of living in the Spirit. Let me go back to verse 4. As a result, we can produce a harvest of good deeds for God. That sounds like vision. 
I can produce because of who I am in Christ, because I'm a child of God, not because of my own strength and not because of the lack of it, not because of my, the failure that I've had, not because of all the things that I've messed up in my past, not because of the things that I did wrong or what people have said over me, not because and none of that can hold me back anymore. Because I'm a child of God, that I am His, I can produce a harvest of good deeds for God, amen? So vision is mine. I can have that vision. I'm a child of God. I can lay hands on the sick and see him recover. I can speak to that storm and say it has to dissipate and go. I can love people. I can be his hands extended to the teacher that I teach alongside with at the school. I can love on her. I can show her the love of Jesus. I can pray for her, for my for the fellow students. I can be an extension of Jesus to them. Amen. I can do a, produce a harvest of good deeds for him. That's living life. That's vision. So my friends, let me declare this over you. You are not visionless and you're not disqualified from vision. You are not disqualified from vision. And if you're in a place where you say it's just really hard to receive vision right now, then I challenge you just to open up your heart and let the seed of the word of God begin to take root and it'll begin to come alive in you you begin to see that yes, you can. You are not disqualified and it's not for somebody else. It's for you as well, amen? Amen? amen. amen. So as we celebrate baptisms this morning, I just encourage you as they come up and they one by one as they come into the water and they get ready, it's a celebration of what God's about to do in their life but I challenge you to remember for you, that moment when you were baptized and what it means for you now as well. It's not something that just happened years ago. It's not a one and done thing. It's something that you goes with you because you put on Christ like new clothes. You don't take those off. Amen? Amen? This is how I live. I live from this place now. This is where I live from. And I just encourage you, don't Accept the lies of the enemy that would try to tell you something else. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.